Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...how to generate demand regardless of the market. Call Joshua Stern of Keller Williams. Online at SternSellsHomes.com. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Well, happy Constitution Day today, everybody. The uh, Constitution was signed on this date many, many years ago, about 232 years ago, I think, if I'm doing my, my math correctly. And uh, a follow-up, of course, to the uh, Declaration of Independence many, many years earlier, or not many, but about 10 years earlier, where we filed a list of grievances against the UK and King George and decided that we were no longer going to be a colony, but we wanted to set up our own country. And it took us a few years to kind of figure everything out. But once we did, we came up with the U.S. Constitution, a wonderful document that really lays out what this country is all about. And today we celebrate that. How many even know that? How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this uh, Tuesday afternoon, the 17th of September already, as we get you home this afternoon on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9, KNRS, listen, and you'll know. Now, a lot to get to today. Um, The the gunfights on the nation's capital uh, have not started yet, but they're about to begin anytime soon. I think everybody is waiting for what the president has in mind, and he's expected to release his outline to it. We're told sometime this week, and we're following that as well. Uh, have you ever noticed when you have a conversation with somebody or having uh, a little bit of fun with somebody, all of a sudden politics enters into the discussion? We're going to explore that with you. Um, we're also going to talk about um, how this um, uh, allowing people with such, you know, with these outlandish charges like those against the president when it came to Russian collusion and the latest round of the smear tactic uh, against Brett Kavanaugh, how they go on and on without any consequences. We're going to talk about that, of course. Uh, Lawmakers yesterday did some work on the marijuana bill, medical marijuana bill here in the state. We'll follow up on that, and we'll talk about cracking down on marijuana DUI. So a busy, busy show today, and as always, we invite you to be a part of it. 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, you can dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right, um... I think it's 112 days, 112 days left of Jackie Biskupski being the mayor of Salt Lake City, and it won't go by fast enough. Um, I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of the mayor of this great city demeaning people right and left, and she did it again yesterday. Um, this is apparently a big week here in Utah, We are in Salt Lake City. They call it Welcoming Week, in which we welcome refugees and, you know, it's great, but here she is yesterday um, in welcoming refugees for everyone. As uh, Lee Davidson pointed out in his article in the Tribune today, except Donald Trump. 
and she's not going to welcome the president or his immigration and refugee policies. As a matter of fact, here's what she said. Donald Trump, she said, sees immigrants and refugees as a threat to America rather than what they truly are, humans who bring rich diversity and economic stability. Now, in her brilliant mind, has Jackie Baskupski ever checked who Donald Trump married? I think she's an immigrant. So apparently he doesn't see everybody being a threat to this country. You know, and she goes on to say, um, when immigrants and refugees now come to this country, they come with a cloud over our head because of Donald Trump's policies. <laughs> you get so sick and tired of this, Mayor Jackie. Will you just give it up? Donald Trump has been asked by the American people as a result of the 2016 election to do something about immigration in this country. And he may be the first president in quite some time who, when he raised his hand to the square and said he will uphold the Constitution of the United States, is actually doing it when it comes to immigration policies. He is not a threat. The only person he's a threat to, if at all, are the people who are trying to get into this country illegally. The drug runners who are trying to pour, you know, millions if not billions of dollars of illegal drugs into this country. The sex traffickers who are trying to bring children into this country illegally. That's who Donald Trump should be considered a threat to, not to the American people, and not to immigrants and refugees who want to come into this country the right way, the legal way. And Donald Trump heard from the American people. He heard about how illegal immigration is impacting the lives of everyday Americans, either by the jobs that they lose the crimes that are committed by people who are in this country illegally. He heard from people, and he realized what is taking place. So Donald Trump, Mayor Biskupski, being a threat to America, I would love you to explain how Donald Trump is a threat to America today, because he is not. He is doing what the American people have asked him to do. And if Donald Trump is such a racist, now you didn't say that, but you're hinting that, that's around the edges, Mayor. If he's such a racist and against Hispanics and against African Americans and against immigrants coming into this country, refugees into this country, can you explain this to me? The latest numbers showed that black unemployment is at 5.5% in August. It's the lowest since the record started being kept back in 1972. And the, the gap between black unemployment and white unemployment is also the lowest on record. And it isn't only African Americans. Um, both Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans now have near record unemployment rates. So if Donald Trump is against all these people, as you have pointed out, Mayor Jackie, then why are they finding jobs in America? Because Donald Trump knows. And the people who voted for him, we all know, that you grow by having a job, that you can take pride in having a job, and in having a job that is created because of a strong economy, you lift yourself up. No one has to reach down and help you out. And we aren't saying we aren't going to do that. We're willing to do that. 
But those who are successful maybe get a little bit of a helping hand, but also pick themselves up by the bootstraps. And that's why they're successful. So I'm not sure what you're getting at, Mayor Jackie, but Donald Trump is not a threat to America. What Donald Trump is trying to do is make America great again. I've heard that slogan somewhere before, haven't you? And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to bring trying to bring some organization to the chaos on the border and the chaos on the refugee programs that we have in this country because nobody has paid attention to him for a very, very long time. And Donald Trump, from the day he announced he was president of the United States, said, I will carry that mantle. I will place that burden on my shoulders, and I will try and bring order to the chaos that we see in this country when it comes to immigration and refugees. That's all he's trying to do, Jackie. He's not a threat. He's trying to solve a problem. All right, a lot to get to today here on the Rod Arquette Show, 888-5708010. If you'd like to give us a call on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, a real gunfight is about to happen in the nation's capital over gun control measures. Where's the NRA in all of this and what impact could it have on it? We'll talk about that coming up next right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Taking center stage today on the Rod Arquette Show, I'm, I want to welcome Jason Bond. He is co-founder of Raging Bull. We're here to talk about weeklytradeplan.com. Jason, how are you? Tell people a little bit of your background, if you would, Jason. Oh, sure. Hey, Rod, thanks for having me on the show, first and foremost. Really excited to be here. Uh, so, hey, I was a school teacher for a decade. I have a master's in education. I used to coach uh, varsity girls basketball for about 10 years. Uh, boys and girls, our city cross country. I had a little roofing business. And like a lot of school teachers uh, in upstate New York, I had a lot of student loans. So I was sitting on, you know, about $70,000, $80,000 worth of student loans myself. My wife, also a school teacher, had uh, a pretty big boatload of student loans also. So combined, we had a negative net worth of a quarter million. We literally owed banks, credit cards, student loans, $250,000. At any given time, we had about $3,000 in our bank account. So with a negative net worth, I did the same thing most people do. I, I had a lot of side hustles. I was looking for ways to pay off debt. Uh, I had read the Dave Ramsey uh, debt snowball mm-hmm. uh, concept. Mm-hmm. I had read his, um, his money makeover book, and, and I really started to subscribe to that and pay off like, my smallest credit cards and stuff. And and in that process of reading Dave Ramsey's stuff, I also opened my eyes to, wow, which ways could I make money faster? You know, my roofing business during the summers, when I'm off from teaching, is great, but it's really hard. Um, it's hard to run a big roofing business just in 10 weeks over the summer. Can't really hire a lot of employees. So I was limited in what I could do outside of teaching and coaching. Uh, trading was one of the things that I stumbled into. There was probably a dozen others. I got sucked into, like, the uh, a, a pyramid um, I don't want to call it scam, but it's one of those pyramid, Amway, quick star things where I thought I was a small business owner. Um, so, I, you know, I was just reaching everywhere to try and, <laughs> to try and make money. Uh, and the stock market was one of them. Honestly, I didn't come from money. I knew nothing about the stock market. Uh, but I had the idea that, you know, there's unlimited upside here. It sounds like a lot of people make money in the market. Maybe I could turn $1,000 into, 
you know, a few thousand dollars. That's, that's kind of like how it all started for me. And Jason's going to be with us throughout the day. He's told a terrific story, and he'll be with us throughout the day on Center Stage as we're going to talk about weeklytradeplan.com and how you can earn an extra paycheck every week. So Jason will be with us on Center Stage. If you want to find out more, go to their website right now at weeklytradeplan.com. So no matter who brings it back with a chip, it's fixed fast and free. Technoglass. Autoglass made easy. The uh, Trump campaign, the 2020 Trump campaign, is uh, turning up the heat on Joe Biden with a brand new video out today. We'll let you hear what that says coming up at 435 here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Um, There are reports out this week that the uh, White House and the Trump administration would be unveiling its plan to deal with uh, the mass shootings and maybe come up with some new gun control measures. Everybody's waiting that. I uh, everybody is waiting that on that, and I don't think anything will be done until they hear what the president has to say. But there's another factor in all of this as um, lawmakers get ready to debate the issue of new gun measures to stop these mass shootings, and that is the role of the NRA, the National Rifle Association. They've gone through some of their own turmoil of late. And what impact are they going to have on the Hill and on the election in 2020? Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about that. Again, great to have him on the show is David Drucker from the Washington Examiner. David, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Great to be here. Thank you. David, what role do you see the NRA playing in this upcoming uh, fight over gun control? Well, look, I mean, the NRA is going to lobby or advocate for... um, maintaining strong Second Amendment protections. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something that the group is very concerned about. I know that um, there are certain issues that they would be okay with, and obviously they're very closely aligned with President Trump and he with them. So there are certain issues they wouldn't. I, you know, I understand that, that measures related to sort of red flag laws is something the NRA is going to have a real problem with. Um, there may be some beefing up of background checks that the NRA would be okay with. I do not believe, although I do not know for sure, but I do not believe that the NRA is going to support any kind of universal uh, blanket background check um, law that mm-hmm. would force all gun sales and transfers um, to be accompanied by background checks. Um, but, but, you know, I think it's important to understand here that the, the NRA's strength um, and I really, really think this is misunderstood by a lot of people. The, the NRA is a very aggressive organization with a lot of relationships on Capitol Hill, and, and they advocate strongly or lobby strongly, if you prefer that term. But it's the members they represent, and it's the Second Amendment voters. And there are a lot of single-issue Second Amendment voters or voters where that issue is paramount, if not singular, that are located in a lot of the right places, and that is why Republican members of Congress tend to listen to the NRA, not so much because it's the NRA, because the money that they get from the NRA is, is in many cases, negligible. It's not nothing, but it's not overwhelming because there are federal laws on, on how much you can give. But um, it's the interest they represent, and, and the Second Amendment is, is sacrosanct for a lot of grassroots conservatives, and a lot of these voters happen to be located in in you know, not just Republican mm-hmm. districts, mm-hmm. but but battleground presidential states. 
David, does um, do these Second Amendment amendment supporters out there, and they are they are the NRA? Do they need the organization of the NRA to help them get their message across, or can they go it alone? Well, everybody needs an organization. I mean, you know, this is the interesting thing about lobbying, which has been under attack from the left and the right, including President Trump, um, over the last few years, if not longer. Is basically a lobbyist represents a client. Oftentimes, a client is a group of people uh, that have a, a similar interest or a shared interest. And, you know, everybody's getting up every day. They're going to work, taking care of their kids, whatever. They don't have time to go to Washington and knock on doors. And when you have an organization or a lobbyist that can knock on a door for a living and say, look, I represent all of these voters in all of these places, um, so maybe you should, you know, care about what they they care about, that's what lobbying is, and that's you know what the NRA's strength has been. They've just they've been the premier gun rights organization in America uh, for many years. There are other organizations. There's one in particular called Gun Owners of America. It's a much much smaller group. It doesn't have near nearly the sort of influence that the NRA does. They represent a lot less members. They have a lot less money. Uh, but really, these things doesn't mean that some lobbyists. Uh, don't do bad things, but you know a lot of people do bad things mm-hmm. in all sorts of industries. Mm-hmm. And 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 a lobbyist really is about the client. So you know you may have an issue maybe with the client or the group, um, but that's all the NRA does. David, do um, Republicans who you spoke with do they feel that the NRA will be there when they need the support, or are they not even counting on it this time? Well, so it's interesting, and my reporting did not cover what the NRA may or may not do in the presidential. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Contest, and I suspect that they will find a way to be helpful to President Trump's campaign, although he's not going to need them in the way he needed outside support in 2016 when he didn't have the institutional establishment backing of the of of the party the way he does this time around even mm-hmm. though he had the republican national committee they needed resources he's going to have that this time but house and senate house and senate republicans and i was talking to 
uh, senior Republican operatives connected to House and Senate leaders in the Republican Party are worried that they're not going to get the kind of support from the NRA in key races that they would like. And that means money, it means donations, it means independent expenditure advertising. In other words, the NRA, uh, through donations that come directly from its members, and most of these, you can look it up on the FEC's website, are small donors, just grassroots donors. Um, a lot of them, you know, they, they take this money and they can turn it essentially into super PAC money so that you can run uh, sometimes what are expensive advertising campaigns. And, and because of the turmoil, and there's just been a lot of turmoil in this civil war for control of the NRA because of a leadership purge, particularly um, the chief uh, political operative at the NRA who had been there, I think, for 17 years, who is now gone and had a relationship with so many Republicans on the Hill. A lot of, a lot of Republicans are worried that the NRA is not going to be there for them, both because of the turmoil, because of the leadership change the turmoil has uh, generated, and just because of what they fear is a general lack of focus right now. Final question for you, David. Is everybody in Washington waiting to see what the White House is going to do on gun control before this debate really gets underway, do you think? Well, Republicans are. I mean, you're not going to see Republicans go out on a limb, except for a couple of them, mm-hmm. on, on gun control regulations before they see what the president is willing to sign. And, and, and even when the president eventually lays out, if he does, what he's willing to sign, you never know if he's going to change his mind. He does this all the time. So Republicans are going to continue to be very, very cautious about this. And, and, you know, the key is presuming, and I know at least for now, Republicans are expecting the White House to come out with some sort of agenda or plan that Capitol Hill should take a look at. You know, the issue there is whether or not Democrats are going to be willing to work with the White House on that, because they obviously want much more stringent gun control regulations, gun safety regulations. Um, you know, they'd like to see a ban on assault-style uh, weapons. They'd like to see universal background checks, you know, meaning every time you transfer or sell between individuals, not just going to a gun store, never mind a gun show, um, which you don't have to do at gun shows either, but at gun stores you do. But, you know, if your brother-in-law wants to uh, give you his gun for a month because he's going to be out of town, he'd have to conduct a background check on you. That's what universal background checks would mean. And that's why the NRA and gun owners writ large, even though they supposedly favor universal background checks, when they read the fine print, they tend to not. Yeah, and that's yeah. where this thing always gets tripped up. So we will see how this unfolds. It'll be interesting. David, always great chatting with you. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. All right. On our Newsmaker line from the Washington Examiner, David Drucker, talking about the NRA and the upcoming battle over gun control in the nation's capital. Everyone's kind of waiting to see what the president... is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find Hitman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show on this uh, very nice Tuesday afternoon on the outside. A lot cooler today. Going to start warming up again tomorrow, but starting to feel like a little bit like fall. Agree? Disagree? I think it is. Time of year, so to speak. We're already at the middle of September. All right, um, we've got a new poll out tonight on the uh, Democratic race for the White House. 
and I'll share those numbers with you here in just a minute. But I want to let you listen in on this uh, new ad that the uh, Trump campaign issued today. Um, Basically, what the campaign is doing now is really taking a big swipe at the former vice president, his fitness for office, spotlighting clips of his recent mistakes and other verbal fumbles, coupled with uh, clips of many political pundits questioning whether Joe Biden is ready to be president of the United States. Listen to this. President Obama reportedly told Joe Biden directly, quote, you don't have to do this, Joe. You really don't. That is not a joke. That is a natural fact. I think Biden looked unsteady at many points. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the, the phone. He's not the most polished speaker anymore. The president thinks, my friend from Vermont thinks that. Watching his long winding answers that don't really make sense in recent debates has also raised the question as to whether that has gotten worse and whether he is up for this. The fact is that the bills that the president, that, excuse me, the future president here. There's a lot of people who are concerned about uh, Joe Biden's ability to carry the ball all the way across the end line without fumbling. Go to Joe 30330. He looked kind of unsteady and almost deer in the headlights. So what are we doing? What's going on right now? He's not that good at this. I mean, he's clearly not that strong a candidate thinking on his feet. Anyway, my time's up. I'm sorry. I think there are some concerns, and they've been man- they've been expressed by Democrats themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Over whether Joe Biden is equipped to withstand a very grueling campaign. We choose truth over facts. Joe Biden was really shaky, both because he was stumbling through his answers. I'm the vice president of the United States. And also because the substance of those answers hasn't really gotten better. Those details are irrelevant. I think we're going to see growing questions, wondering if he has the mental and physical stamina to get through this campaign. I love this place. I love, look, what's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Obama warned Biden's aides to make sure Biden didn't embarrass himself. Imagine what would have happened if, God forbid, Barack Obama had been assassinated. Real conversation that is happening among Democrats. Has he lost a step? Uh, is he is he too shaky? I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. There are definitely moments where you listen to Joe Biden and you just wonder. <laughs> and that's the title of the uh, video, Joe Biden, You Just Wonder. And that's the latest uh, being released today by the uh, Trump campaign as they continue to gear up for the 2020 race for the White House. By the way, new poll out tonight, uh, and it shows that the uh, former Vice President Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, the uh, Democratic senator from Massachusetts, continue to top the Democratic 2020 presidential field. I I, I honestly feel Bernie Sanders is done, go on my opinion, Uh, in a race for the nomination. Uh, and it breaks kind of along ideological and racial lines. That's a new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll out today. The survey also shows that uh, Senator Warren has a huge advantage in enthusiasm and that she gets most of the second-choice support. Her rally the other day drew about 20,000 people. Joe Biden's lucky if he gets 3,000 anymore. Um, And the poll shows that uh, Biden's number one, Warren, number two, Bernie Sanders, third. I think if it's a choice between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, most people will go for Elizabeth Warren. You've got uh, Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, and Andrew Yang. And did you see in California, Andrew Yang is beating 
Kamala Harris. Pretty interesting story there as well. All right, still more to come on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. On Center Stage today, I'm talking with a co-founder of Raging Bull, Jason Bond, and we're here to talk about weeklytradeplan.com, a way for you to make a little extra money. Jason, how? what's the big idea behind weeklytradeplan.com? Absolutely, Rod. So what I'm trying to do is simply make $10,000 a week trading as little as possible. And after a decade of doing this, I'm really good at it. So going back to that $250,000 worth of debt that I had, my goal was to pay all that down, and I did. And then my goal was simply to make about $100,000 a year, because to me, at the time, that would be about double a teaching salary. I was studying to be a principal back then, and they make about $80,000 a year where I used to teach. And I thought, wow, if I could trade and make $100,000 a year, that would be awesome. So we're halfway through this year, well, actually a little over halfway through this year, and I've already made about $550,000 in 2019 trading. And so weeklytradeplan.com teaches people to sell options. And that's going to sound really confusing to most people, <laughs> but it's actually one of the highest probability ways that a person can trade by default. You have an opportunity to win 60 to 70% of the time when you sell options. So the buyer of options has like a 30% chance of winning. And so the probability is really stacked in our favor. Weeklytradeplan.com is often compared to being the casino or being the insurance company. Casino has excellent odds in their favor. They know it, and they love it when people walk through those doors and make these small bets and these mid-sized bets and these big bets. And as a seller of options, we're the same way. We like to sell options to people who like to buy them because we know the buyers of options have horrible probability of winning, and we have great probability of winning. When you do that on the best companies in the world, Amazon, Google, Tesla, probability goes even higher. So it's not uncommon for me to win 80 90% of the time on my trades, and this is how I've made over a half a million dollars this year trading. And we're going to be talking with Jason. Find out more about weeklytradeplan.com. Again, Jason is co-founder of Raging Bull. And coming up, we're going to talk about weeklytradeplan.com and how it's different and how it works. That's coming up on Center Stage. And if you want to learn more about it right now. We'll be with you. Window World. Simply the best for less. And that's Noble Oni. Have you ever been in a conversation? How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. Karen S. Have you ever been in just kind of a friendly conversation with somebody? Just having a chat and you say something which, you know, they may be offended by, and all of a sudden, politics enters into the discussion. Everything is political nowadays, and it's smothering the fun we used to have in everyday life. And we'll talk about that. Charles Lipson will join us, professor of uh, international politics at the University of Chicago. He wrote about that today, and we'll talk to him about that coming up at 5.05. Now, okay, how many of you, and I'll raise my hand to this one as well, over the years when you were growing up as a little kid, played with the little green army men? <laughs> you know, a lot of people, and I, I, my kids did. I remember I did as a kid. I mean, I didn't realize this, but these little plastic green army men, you know, have been around since the 1930s. 
I didn't realize they've been around, and kids are still playing with them today. Well, to be politically correct now, guess what's coming this Christmas? Little Green Army Women. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm kidding you, right? The platoon, according to the story today, of Little Green Army Men will be expanded to include Little Green Army William. And it's all thanks in part to a little six-year-old girl. Apparently, the girl wrote to uh, BMC Toys, which is the company that makes the Little Green Army Men, and asked why the company does not make girl army men. My friend's mom is in the army too. The letter reads, please, can you make army girls that look like women? I would play with them every day, and my friends would too. So guess what the company did? They responded, and they said, guess what? Come Christmas, we are going to have online ready for you to purchase not only Little Green Army men, but Little Green Army women as well. Oh, my, my. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show, but right now, time for Hollywood News. Major Hollywood News. All right, let's check in with AJ from 97.1 ZHT for entertainment news of the day. And my guess is you played with Little Green Army Men when you were a kid. I did, too. Yeah, I had G.I. Joe guys. The other thing, though, remember the, wasn't a young lady that wrote to Steph Curry about, you know, basketball shoes being catered only to boys? I may have, yeah. And then he releases a line of women-focused basketball shoes. I thought that was pretty cool. So, hey, man. Yeah. Times they are changing. Yeah, I've heard we need, that. We need before. Army women, too, because yeah. they kick as much butt as any man out there, right? <laughs> uh, let's move this to Adele, whose recent breakup and failed relationship and divorce you would think would lead to another sappy, slow, I'm depressed love song. She is promising something very up-tempo. Oh, good for her. So I guess we can look for that. Yep. Taylor Swift's going to be a mentor on The Voice coming up in a future episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a wow. pretty big yeah, hullabaloo for them. Yep. Uh, Sean Spicer is everything to, that you would imagine he would be. I thought he did fine. <laughs> thought he but did. that outfit. Come on. We're talking about Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars last Sean night. Sean Spicer last night. Come got- on. The outfit was Okay. Let it be Little known. Little much. Little much. It is September 17th, 2019 <laughs> at 4.55 in the afternoon. I'm defending Sean Spicer, and Rod thinks he made a bad decision. Well, I'm not bad decision. I'm just saying the outfit was a little out there. I mean, okay. bright That's fair lime enough. green. Yeah. What was the Seinfeld episode with a puffy shirt? Yeah. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. The puffy shirt? Hey, it's funny you should bring up Seinfeld. They're going to Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. That's a big deal. And Netflix losing friends, but Megan Trainer is here, the pop star, to re-record the friend theme because nobody asked her to <laughs> i uh i love the friends theme i don't know as though it needs to be record re-recorded it it i think it's gonna be part of a big yeah. thing when they go to universal which is cool good for yeah, them yeah. that's kind of neato a lot of money uh yeah a lot of money involved that's how it usually goes right yeah uh christina aguilera extending her vegas residency that's a pretty big deal because those tickets had not sold well really Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, of course, were the the you know the pop stars yeah. that always had a little competition yeah. going on. And Britney sold out every show. It seemed like, like Christina, Christ- not not so much, but she has apparently sold enough that they want her to come. Oh, good for her. back. Good which for her. I, I you know, whatever. Cool. Hey, what do you, what do you think about this uh, SNL comedian who got kicked off the show? I think you're an idiot if you say anything like he said uh, slur wise. Really, I think you're a moron if really? you think you can say something like that into a microphone. Anywhere, anytime, and not get fired for it. You know what, though? 
I Someone sent this to me today, an episode from SNL a long time ago, where Chevy Chase was interviewing Richard Pryor for a job application, oh, right? Yeah. And he used every racial slur out yeah. there. Yeah. And Pryor just got angrier and angrier. And yeah. it was funny. It was very funny. But you can't do that anymore. It was 45 years ago. Oh, come on. It wasn't that long ago, was it? Was it? More than well, 40. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. More than 40. I mean, it is a... It is Hilarious. It's a great bit. I mean, it's a great bit. But that was a tongue in cheek comedy bit. This guy was throwing out words like, uh, that's the neighborhood where the bleeps live. So you're okay with Glass Windshield. So no matter who brings it back with a chip, it's fixed fast and free. Technoglass, Autoglass made easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Live, local, and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Tuesday. More than halfway through September already. I see some cool weather out there this morning. Uh, still a lot to get to today. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, you can dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, isn't it funny when great minds think alike? I was thinking about this story today as well, and I heard Rush Limbaugh on it, uh, talking about it on his radio show earlier today. It's about this article written by my next guest, who we'll have on the show in just a minute, talking about how politics is smothering everyday life. We can't seem to have fun anymore with anything because all of a sudden politics enters it and we're in trouble. Let me read what uh, Charles Lipson wrote today in an article about this. And this is the first paragraph. Partisan politics has crept every crept into every corner of American life. Every topic, from jokes to films, is now refracted through that lens. It's a revolting development, as one sitcom character used to say, and it's time to call it out. And Charles is on our newsmaker line right now. Charles, how are you? And welcome back to the show. I couldn't have put that better myself. <laughs> Charles, let me ask you this. What has happened to us here? Well, I, I think that the most fundamental thing is that we are in the biggest fight probably in a century over very fundamental issues that's a nationwide fight. There was a huge fight if you lived in the South, as I did, over desegregation in the late 60s. And there was a specific fight over the Vietnam War uh, in the late 60s. But what what we're fighting about now is the overwhelming growing and seemingly until Trump's election irreversible role of a large 
decentralized federal government with a lot of uh, what used to be laws really being passed by bureaucrats. And the bureaucrats don't have a division uh, of powers like we have between the legislature and the executive and the judicial. Often a bureaucracy uh, will make a regulation and then they'll determine if you, Rod, violated it. And then you say, no, I didn't. And then the hearing will be before the same bureaucracy. <laughs> so these are big issues. And it's not surprising people are fighting. And the harder they fight, the more it squeezes out the ability to joke about. I mean, and I'm not talking about jokes that sort of say what we're doing isn't serious, but there's no reason to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> well, and you, you, you write in your uh, story about this today, Charles, about the comment made recently by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, who I Isn't absolutely... is he great? Isn't yeah, he great? I absolutely love John Kennedy. Whenever we can get a quote from him on the show, I try and find it. But here's what he said. He said, trusting Russia, North Korea, and Iran is like trusting a Justice Smollett police report. Now, that that's funny. I mean, but boy, he got ripped for that. And I got ripped <laughs> for even posting it. And so I say, what's wrong? What's wrong with it? Well, some people said, how can you post anything by Senator Kennedy? He supports President Trump. But of course, there would be people on the other side. How could you post anything by comedian X or Y? Uh, she supports uh, the Democrats. And then other people said, well, the Jesse Smollett thing is maybe that's racist. Well, it's not racist. I mean, good Lord, there are more holes in the Jesse Smollett story than in a pair of secondhand pantyhose. <laughs> Why is, you're right as well, Charles, about, um, you know, we keep cutting the national pie along the same line, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. We're almost to the metal, if we aren't through the metal by now, on a pan. What has happened to us? That's a very... Uh, I'm glad you brought that point up, which is in the article. If you go back to the Federalist Papers, which are the most important uh, understanding of what our Constitution is, uh, just to remind all the listeners, when the Constitution was drafted in Philadelphia, uh, it, it had to be ratified by nine of the 13 uh, states to replace the old um, Articles of Confederation. And there was a big question as to whether New York would ratify it. So three great people uh, uh, wrote op-eds, and they wrote, I think it was 87 of them, to... Um, uh, to justify the Constitution. And one of the questions was, could you ever have a republic that was bigger than, let's say, uh, ancient Athens? Nobody had ever had one. Remember, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we know that it works now, but, but nobody had ever had one. And they said, oh, yes, it would work. And one reason it would work, they didn't know about parties, or they didn't think there would be parties, but they thought there would be factions. And factions are things like... Uh, you're in favor of uh, Second Amendment rights type thing, and somebody else is against them. Or you're, you have one view on right to life, and another person uh, thinks it's uh, all about uh, women's right to choose, that sort of thing. They thought those would be cross-cutting. 
But what we have now is that virtually all of those divisions have lined up along the same lines. If you give me your views on one of them, I can predict pretty well what a lot of your other views are, and then I can also predict which party you're going to vote for. And that's divided us very deeply. Do we hate politics in this country today simply because of this divide that takes place and everything is political, do you think, Charles? Yes. <laughs> well, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean... And, 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 don't you think so, don't you think so, Rod? Well, I think, I think we do, but I also think we have... And Arthur Brooks from the American Enterprise Institute yeah. oh, writes great. about this all the time. Talks yeah. about it's not so much that we hate it, it's the contempt that we have for each other. And until we get over that contempt... We'll never be able to see eye to eye on anything. I think that there's a lot to that. I, I was at a party a year and a half ago, and um, uh, I was talking with a, a, a smart person in the Hyde Park area of Chicago, which is next to the University of Chicago. And I was saying, I just thought it was a terrible thing uh, that the people who opposed uh, President Trump, thought that all of his supporters were deplorable, contemptible. And the woman looked me straight in the eye and she said, but they are. (laughs) And, you know, and uh, I mean, how do you overcome that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Will it change, do you think, in, in the foreseeable future? It's not going, certainly not going to change between now and the election, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because all of these things rev up the base. As one of, one correspondent wrote to me today, the term base is becoming a double meaning, isn't it? And um, But I think that it's also uh, just the nature right now that's baked into both parties. What I say at the end of the article, which is in Real Clear Politics, if anybody wants uh, to go and uh, find it, uh, is that this kind of all politics all the time is not sustainable. Because people uh, in Chicago and people in Salt Lake City and people uh, in uh, Berkeley, California, want to fire up a backyard barbecue <laughs> without having to talk about global warming. Yeah, wouldn't that they be want, nice? You know, and so I just think that at some point, it's like drinking 12 cups of coffee. At some point, you have to come down from it, but I sure don't know when it'll be. <laughs> Charles, always a pleasure chatting with you. Great article. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Rod. All right, on our Newsmaker line, that's Charles Lipson, professor of international politics at the University of Chicago, talking about his article today, When Politics Smother Everyday Life. I want to read, well, when we come back, I'll read you the last paragraph in Charles' article today. He just briefly touched on it before we wrap things up with Charles. And then I want to get your reaction. I mean, is everything now political? Can you have a conversation with anybody now? That is not political. Now, I get hit with it all the time. It's because of what I do for a living. And people are always coming up to me. They want to talk politics. They want to know, what about this? What about this? And I understand that. But in your own family or in your circle of friends, does it all come back to politics again? And how do you deal with that? 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, your calls and comments coming up on the Rod Arquette Show.
Jason Bond, co-founder of Raging Bull, is here on center stage today to talk about weeklytradeplan.com. We've learned a lot about it, Jason, but how exactly does weekly trade plan work, and why do people who look into this, how can they make some money, Jason? Yeah, so the biggest thing that I do, Rod, is teach people to trade stocks and options. And the best way to do that, of course, I have a master's in education. I taught for a decade. I'm a experienced trader. I make money trading. But the best way to teach trading to anyone new or experienced that's looking to learn my strategy is to actually show them my portfolio in real time. So weeklytradeplan.com allows people to watch video lessons about my strategy, but more importantly, watch me do it in real time. I can't think of a better way than to let people look over my shoulder at my TD Ameritrade account and learn how to trade by watching me do it day after day after day. That's what weeklytradeplan.com is all about. So it's really, I was going to say, Jason, it's really all about 100% transparency. Why is that so important? Yeah, so as an elementary school teacher, you know, I I taught physical education. I would come into the gym. The kids loved me. It was very (laughs) clear to everyone what I was doing, the principal, the parents, the teachers. As a teacher of trading, if you're not showing your results in real time, and teaching this strategy live day after day, then I don't know that people can trust that it's real. So when I first got started a few years ago, people said, hey, can you show me a video on how you do this? And then they said, hey, can you show me how to do this in real time? And then I said, hey, how about I just show you all the time? So when the market opens at 9.30 Eastern in the morning, my stream is up. And when the market closes at 4 p.m., I take it down. So when I'm trading, people can see everything. So long as I know what I'm talking about, and I do, I've made over a half a million dollars this year trading, part-time, by the way. So long as I know what I'm talking about, then people can learn by watching. And then I have the curriculum behind that that people can get extra information from. If you'd like to find out more right now, we'll continue talking with Jason here on Center Stage throughout the show today. But if you'd like to look at it right now, go to the website. For 30% off. Offer expires October 6th, so don't wait. LifeLock with Norton. More detection, more protection. Our catch you on Utah's Talk Radio 1059 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. All right, the question for you now is politics smothering everyday life. The fun we can have in everyday life. We just spoke with Charles Lipson about his article on that very topic today. Rush Limbaugh was talking about it a little earlier. I want to read for you, and then I want to get to your calls. 888-5708010-888-5708010 or on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, as I mentioned, I want to read for you the last paragraph in Charles Lipson's column today because I think it says a lot. Here's what it said. The good news is that all this lens of all politics all the time is unsustainable. That's what Charles just said on the show. People want to fire up the barbecue without having to discuss its effects on global warming. They want to grill a burger without having to talk about climate-friendly agriculture and vegan diets. They want to watch an award show without listening to political harangues. Most of all, they want Debbie Downer to go home and let us enjoy a burger and a beer in peace. Have you found yourself in situations now 
where it 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 is a very it could be a backyard barbecue. It could be just getting together with friends over lunch. And all of a sudden, politics enters into the discussion uh, because of a comment that you made or something that was said. We had an event at our house oh, a couple, three weeks ago. And after, you know, everything was over, um, several family members sat around uh, a table that we have on our patio. And I bet we spent a good hour, an hour and a half, talking about politics. And and it was fine, and, you know, I understand it because people ask me a lot of questions because of what I do for a living and what I think about this, what do I think about that, I get that. But I thought to myself, I mean, can't we talk sometimes about things other than politics? You know, and my wife will say that to me sometimes. Can we go? Can we? Can we talk about something else? And I don't talk politics all the time. I try and disengage as much as I possibly can on my way home from work every night. And when I go to an event with people, sometimes, and I'm not trying to yell at them. Don't come up to me and talk to me. Please do. I appreciate you know the fact that you enjoy the show and you like to talk about the show and what we talk about on the show. But have you found yourself in situations, you may be going out to lunch with you know, a bunch of friends. You may be getting together on the golf course. You may go hunting with each other. I don't, Whatever you do. But all of a sudden, politics again creeps into the conversation. And you just wish, can we not talk about it right now? Can we talk about whatever you're doing uh, instead of having to talk about politics? Because sometimes, you know, it makes people uncomfortable. They don't want to share their opinions with you on that. And in many cases, as was pointed out with Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, who is really a funny, funny man, and he always comes up with some great zingers at times about all of this, but they don't understand. He made a comment about um, aliens, okay? And it was about dealing with the fact that you know, we can't talk to aliens anymore because, uh, you know, those on the left would string them up. Well, you know, the left went absolutely crazy over this. Simply because they thought he was referring to illegal immigration. And people are coming into the country illegally. When, in fact, he was referring to Martians. But they got all crazy over it. I mean, and and he will drop humor out there all the time. And... You know, he, he wasn't talking about Hispanics. And, you know, it, 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 it's just, he says funny things. They're harmless, yet the left goes crazy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, 
Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And I don't want to focus just on John Kennedy, but things you may have said. When someone will come back to you and say, uh-uh, that was very funny. That, you know, that wasn't politically correct. You can't say that anymore. Why not? If it's meant to be humorous and not to hurt somebody. Why have we gotten away from that? 888-570-8010-888-570-8010. Heart Radio app. Radio, music, podcasts. All free. Free never sounded better. Download the iHeartRadio app today. One man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Phone lines are open to you now at 888-570-8010. 888 888- 5708010 on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Ron. Um, we're talking about this uh, article today, and we just spoke with its author, Charles Lipson, from the uh, University of Chicago, about um, the fact that it appears to be, and I want to find out from you today if you find this out uh, in your own life, but that how politics really smothers everyday life. It seems, you know, and it may be the result of Donald Trump, and being elected president of the United States, he is, uh, he is very forthcoming. I mean, we hear from him on a daily basis, if not several times during the day, uh, with his tweets. Um, but this whole idea of you almost feel that you can't say anything anymore in a conversation that you're having with somebody, even if you want to make a light of it and have a little fun with it for fear that somebody will attack you. And um, try and have a conversation like that someday. Try and talk about illegal immigration in kind of a fun way um, with some interesting remarks. Try and have a conversation about anything out there today and making light of it a little bit or having a little bit of fun with each other and see if it doesn't turn political. And that's what Charles Lipson is talking about. Charles Lipson says, you know, you go to a barbecue and all of a sudden someone's talking about, well, climate change. You know what that barbecue is doing to your air? Or you talk about having a hamburger and someone brings up, you know, do you know what having a cow is doing to our environment? And anytime you try and bring some of these things up, it turns into politics. And you simply cannot have a fun conversation. I was talking earlier. And let's see, do I have that story? Yeah, I do. I do right here uh, in the stack of stuff today. Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang said today he disagrees with NBC's decision to fire a comedian, Shane Gillis, from Saturday Night Live. He was fired yesterday. Um, and as Yang said, he's one of the Democratic presidential candidates, doesn't have a chance and you know what, but he's out there said he thinks that Gillis 
uh, deserved another chance to keep his job. But the folks at NBC obviously felt differently. And Yang, uh, he was quoted at a rally yesterday, asked to elaborate. Yang said he believes that as a society, and I think he's spot on here, that as a society, we have become unduly punitive and vindictive about people making statements that some people may find offensive or distasteful. He is spot on. You can't say a thing anymore about people without someone going, well, that wasn't very nice to say. You can't say something like that. You know, we were talking about it earlier. Um, Stephen Cruiser, who we have on the show occasionally, he writes for PJ Media. He now puts together a, he aggregates all the stories that are out there that, you know, you may find interesting in a morning brief on PJ Media anymore. And he always ends it with a little video clip of something that he found was kind of humorous or that we used to laugh at. He's a big fan of Donna Rickles, by the way. And uh, Donna Rickles, former comedian, couldn't survive in today's environment. But, you know, I grew up with Rickles, and I think he's hilarious. But he couldn't get away with half the stuff that he used to get away with today. It just wouldn't happen. Well, at the end of today's little aggregation of all these stories in his morning briefing that Stephen does every day. He had, you know, in relationship to Gillis and what he said, or apparently, you know, in podcasts or stand-up routines anymore, he shared with people who were on the website today this little comedy bit that was on Saturday Night Live years ago when Chevy Chase was there. Richard Pryor was a guest. And um, they th- this was a little skit in which a black man, Richard Pryor, was applying for a janitor's job. You like that one? That wouldn't fly today. And Chevy Chase was having to interview him. And Chevy Chase decided, as part of the interview process, that he would do a little word association game with Richard Pryor. And the questions that were, the words were fairly harmless, right? But then he started getting into some very racially offensive words and had Richard Pryor respond to him. And it was very, very funny. It was not intent in, intended in any way to hurt anybody. It was meant to entertain people. But there is no way today that something like that could make it on the air. Yet 20, 30, 40 years ago, I think now, it was hilarious. And, you know, growing up with Saturday Night Live during that time when it was, you know, they didn't care what they did, as long as it was humor. Some of it was really stupid, but some of it was very funny. This bit was hilarious, but probably two-thirds of the people in this country today would find it offensive, and that's where politics has smothered everything that we're trying to do in America today. 888-570-8010, Have you felt the same way? 888-570-8010 888-570-8010 or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, more of your calls coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. Trading on the stock market. For a lot of people, it can be very intimidating, especially if you don't know what you're doing. That's why we're talking on Center Stage today with the co-founder of Raging Bull about weeklytradeplan.com. Jason Bond is joining with. How intimidating is it if people want to get into trading on the stock market, Jason? You know, Rod, that's a great question. 
it can be very intimidating. You definitely need to know what you're doing. And the best way to learn is through something that's called paper trading. This is where a broker gives you a paper money account. It's essentially fake money, but a real brokerage platform. So you're placing the trades in real time. You're learning strategies and techniques. And you're finding out with paper money whether or not you can win with a strategy. And a lot of times people will try some of these strategies that I teach and they'll use paper money and they'll say, you know what, this isn't for me or this is for me. And that's a great way to then make the next step. But often is the case, people say, you don't have emotion when you're paper trading, when you're not using real money. And I tell beginners or inexperienced traders that the only emotion you will experience if you're inexperienced and you try to trade, is sadness and anger and frustration because those are the emotions we have when we lose money. And the market is really good at fishing people out. If you don't know what you're doing, it will take your money fast. So the best way to proceed with any strategy is to learn from somebody who's transparent, knows what they're doing, and is making money. And more importantly, while you're learning, to do it with paper money. Test it out. See if it works. If it works with a real brokerage platform, in paper trading, then you make the leap into trading with real money. That's just my opinion based on 10 years of doing this full-time. All right. Well, what if you could earn an extra paycheck every week? Wouldn't that be nice for everybody? We'll find out how you can do it right now by going on to the website, weeklytradeplan.com, and learn from Jason. All is not the answer for surprise billing. It'll only make things worse. Paid for by Dr. Patient Unity. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, great to be with you this afternoon. Um, I want to pick up a little bit on uh, Andrew Yang, who is one of the uh, candidates for the uh, Democratic nomination to be president of the United States, in commenting about the uh, firing of Shane Gillis. He was a comedian, one of three, who was to make you know his, uh, his debut, so to speak, on Saturday Night Live, either this week or in the coming weeks. The fact that he was fired because of some comments that he's made in the past. Well, uh, Andrew Yang uh, came out and said he disagreed with the firing simply because he said society has become unduly punitive. He went on to say that as society, we have become unduly punitive and vindictive about people making statements that some may find offensive or distasteful. All right. And this goes right along with what uh, Charles Lipson wrote today, and we had Charles on the show a short time ago, uh, in which he talked about politics are smothering everything in life. He says, as a matter of fact, most issues do have a political dimension, right? But seeing everything that way leaves no space for other topics, no room for play or humor or friends with a different point of view. How many of you out there, if you're conservative, have a liberal friend? How many of you liberals out there have a conservative friend? And what are your conversations like? I mean, it comes up all the time, and politics today enters everything in which we do. No wonder we hate politics. I mean, we can't get away from it, for crying out loud. You can talk sports, there's politics. You can talk entertainment, there's politics. You can talk movies, there's politics, right? I remember, what, what, what movie was it? First Man. 
Okay, that was the one with what's his name, who was playing Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon. Everybody was so so you know, everybody was upset because they didn't include in the movie the planting of the American flag. You know, which was a very important part of the mission. I watched the movie because I hadn't seen it until then. And so when it came, I didn't want to go to the movie. By the way, it's a horrible movie. Uh, it is, though. I mean, Ryan Gosling, is he ha- if he has an expression, I'd like to know where it is. Because he makes no expression whatsoever in that movie. Okay? So I watched the movie. I wanted to see, okay, what got everybody so upset about this? It didn't bother me at all that they weren't doing that. I, you know, there were, the, there were enough American flags in there for people to get upset. I don't think we needed to be upset about this. You know, and the same thing, you know, here's what's not being reported in this New York Times story. And this is where, again, you need to read the whole darn thing. One of the reporters, both reporters have been making the talk show circuit since the story came out on Sunday, smearing Brett Kavanaugh. And oh, by the way, they're now blaming the editors at the New York Times for leaving out a little note that the alleged victim in all of this can't even recall what happened. Okay, she can't remember. Just a minor part of the story, but the reporters say the New York Times editors left that part of the story out. It wasn't their fault. They'd included it in there, but they left it out. So I'm watching a little bit of The View today, and the two reporters were on The View. I can't remember which one it was. But you aren't hearing this in the media today about Brett Kavanaugh. But they talked about, depending on whatever he did in college, you know, and the allegations against him. But ever since then, in the 36 years of his life, he has led a remarkable life as a judge in treating people fairly, in being involved in his community, he has led an exemplary life. But does that get ported, reported? Is anybody talking about that? Only found out that today if you were listening to The View for a few minutes. And she said, you have to understand, whatever happened in college here, you know, and maybe there were some indiscretions, and that's debatable because people can't remember half of them, half of what allegedly took place. But since then, he has led an unbelievable life in treating people fairly. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, on the court, has complimented Kavanaugh for hiring females on his staff. I think he has an all-female staff at the Supreme Court. Does anybody bring that up? It doesn't come up. So you have all this politics that is so involved in our lives nowadays that we can't just sit back and laugh. We can't do it today. You know, it is all, you, you, you look at it, and there's anger on both sides being directed no matter what is said. And you look back and you say to yourself, how on earth did we ever get that way? A funny senator from the state of Louisiana can say something humorous about Jesse Smollett and that investigation. And guess what? The media blows up over this. And he's just having a little fun. That's his type of humor that we all enjoy and we used to enjoy in this country. But now it has been taken away because, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, is that going to offend somebody? And if it is, you know, then you're condemned. But as Charles Lipson says, wouldn't it be 
absolutely wonderful today if, in fact, we could have a conversation with each other and poke a little fun at each other and poke a little fun in maybe some of the political beliefs that we have or the shows that we watch without having people be offended by it and almost walk away. That's what's too bad in society anymore. And when you talk about that, and when you look at that, I think he is right. As Charles Lipson said in his headline today, politics is simply smothering everyday life. And for some reason, we just simply cannot go out and enjoy it anymore. And that is a very, very sad cup. All right, we've got a lot more to come. In hour number three, we'll talk about changes in the medical marijuana law. Sign up today. Then just honor the discount when America First Credit Union members present their visa or debit card at your location. Live, local, and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number three of the Rod Arquecho on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful afternoon on the outside, and great to be with you the uh, this afternoon. Now, uh, a lot of talk. Uh, still, the um, Utah lawmakers held a special session last night, and again, they have added to the process of making medical marijuana legal here in the state of Utah. Um, there will not be county health departments, uh, according to the changes last night, and there were there were several, but primarily the, the, the number. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. For one one, the number one one, um was the fact that county health departments will not be dispensing medical marijuana when the whole program gets fired up around the 1st of March. It will be turned over to private dispensaries. And how they're going to work all that out, we'll, we'll check that out with uh, State Senator Evan Vickers, who will be joining us coming up at 620 tonight to talk about that. But they are going to increase the number from, I think, originally 8 to 12, now up to 14, I believe it is, and we'll get more details on that with the eventual goal possibly of being as high as 20. But this is a process. And you look at this and people are saying this really is exactly what Proposition 2 called for. Uh, and they're moving in that direction. So the question would be, why not just go ahead and implement what Proposition 2 was all about instead of coming up with a different law? Now you're having to adjust everything. And we'll talk with Senator Vickers about that in a minute. And then we'll talk a little bit later on in the show about a crackdown on people who are driving under the influence 
of marijuana. A state lawmaker is trying to up the ante on that one as well. Now, um, this new effort to attack Brett Kavanaugh, um, you know, I don't think it has to deal with the truth. It has nothing to do with the truth. Because if it dealt with the truth, the New York Times would have never run this story that they did on Saturday. Simply because the woman who is the alleged victim of what happened at a party with um, with Brett Kavanaugh when he was at Yale, she can't remember the story, can't even remember it ever happened. But they're saying, well, the fact that it may have happened is why we should look into it. <laughs> it really is about settling scores. You know, they couldn't get Donald Trump on Russian collusion. They couldn't get Donald Trump on obstruction of justice, even though Nadler and his crazy judiciary committee there in the House is trying to do so now. And they couldn't nail Kavanaugh. So now they're going back and trying to do it again. So it's, it, it, it's really all about payback. The question would be, other than maybe Donald Trump, is the president and other Republicans doing enough to defend Brett Kavanaugh in all of this? Joining us on our newsmaker line right now to talk about it is Julie Kelly, a senior contributor with American Greatness. She, Greatness, she wrote about this today, and she said, in a land of no consequence, bad behavior festers. Julie, thanks for the show uh, joining us on the show tonight. You wrote in your article today that you believe Republicans are as much to blame about this mess as Democrats are. Explain that, if you would, Julie. Well, I mean, I know your listeners have been following closely to what's uh, transpired with the Mueller investigation. And, of course, he came out with his report that said there was no evidence of any collusion or conspiracy between the Trump campaign and uh, the Russians. Now we see who the real culprits, the real perpetrators have been of this farce, this hoax that they foisted on the American public for nearly three years. This would be Jim Comey, John Brennan, James Clapper, who knows who else in the Obama White House. Um, But yet no one has been held accountable. I mean, it was three years ago this month that the Yahoo News article that outed Carter Page and said that U.S. intelligence was looking into Carter Page that that article um, was published and basically started to ruin Carter's life. Yet here we are three years later, no one has held, been held accountable for any of the official misconduct, any abuse of power, perjury, leak, illegally leaking um, classified information. There's a whole list I have in my article today. Um, and here we are three years later and a year later now after the Kavanaugh attempted mm-hmm. political assassination began. Not one person has been held accountable. Why do Republicans have power if they are not going to protect their own people or punish the people who break the law to hurt those people? Julie, I remember going back to the uh, the Kavanaugh hearings a year ago, uh, and I remember, I, I, I think it was Utah Senator Mike Lee, even, I had on the show, and when this information was leaked, you know, I asked Senator Lee, is someone going to find out who leaked this out of Dianne Feinstein's office? And he said, definitely, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Nothing has happened. <laughs> Nothing has Nothing happened, has Julie. Happened. And quite honestly, I haven't heard any anything from Senator Lee this week about the latest. Uh, and he sits on the House uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. I haven't heard a word from him about these attacks. Now, maybe there's something in the local news out there. Uh, but I haven't seen him speak out against this New York Times slander piece against Brett Kavanaugh, which is now is falling apart, but it's too late. They've already gave the Democrats their fodder to reignite this Kavanaugh impeachment uh, crusade. 
No one is okay. So then, there was a report that was issued after the Kavanaugh debacle, mm-hmm. four hundred pages from uh, Senator Grassley that outlined Christine Ford did not tell the truth, Deborah Ramirez did not tell the truth. They had criminal referrals against Michael Avenatti and Julia Swetnick for false uh, inf- false evidence, presenting false e- evidence and sworn statements. That was nearly a year ago. No one has been charged. No one has been indicted. There's been no public accountability. So these kind of attacks that we saw this week, again, against Brett Kavanaugh and his family, this man has two young daughters, Mm -hmm. uh, because Republicans who have power in the Senate, who run the executive branch, refuse to hold anyone accountable. And, I mean, I'm more frustrated with the Republicans than the Democrats at this point. Julie, what could and what should they do, in your opinion? First of all, what... What avenues do they have to go after some of these people like in relation to this latest Kavanaugh controversy? And what avenues have they got to go? Do what President Trump has been saying for a year that he was going to do. Start declassifying the documents. Drop all of the texts and emails and communications between Jim Comey and his subordinates, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Jim Baker, all of these people. We want to see the communications, internal communications, that help bring this this ruse, this hoax, this farce to the American people. That's number one. Declassify the full FISA warrant against Carter Page like they've been saying that they're, gonna, it's, they're going to do for more than a year. We deserve to see those documents. Um, Hold Lindsey Graham. You run the Senate Judiciary Committee. You go on Sean Hannity three times a week and say you're going to get to the bottom of what happened, not just in Russiagate, but in Kavanaugh. Start holding public hearings. Your listeners may not know, today the House Judiciary Committee, run by Democrat Jerry Nadler, is grilling, mm-hmm. interrogating, and harassing Corey Lewandowski, who ran the Trump campaign for six months. He never even served in the federal government. He has testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee, House Intelligence Committee, the Mueller um, team. This is a man who also has spent who knows how many, how much dollars, how many, how much time testifying about a farce, which was collusion. They're harassing him again today. Yet Republicans run the Senate. They run the executive branch. They have not held one hearing about Russiagate. The inspector general reports two of them, one against Comey, uh, one against the uh, in the Hillary email uh, investigation. They need to turn the tables and do exactly what the Democrats are doing to Republicans and to the Trump White House and every single associate. Use your power. What's the point of having it if you're not going to use it? Julie, if if not, if there are no consequences here and, and the Democrats see they can get away with things time and time again, does it lead to even more bad behavior on the part of the Democrats, do you feel? It absolutely, it absolutely is. I mean, we could see this this week. We see the hearings that get with Corey Lewandowski harassing him in public, and we see the New York Times, uh, another hit piece against Brett Kavanaugh. They know they can continue to get away with it. Just really quick, too, as far as the media, we know that there were Obama officials in early 2017 who illegally leaked classified information to the media about Mike Flynn and about Carter Page. It is a felony to leak classified information to the news media. Uh, We need to find out who those officials were, and we need to see all their communications with the journalists who they leaked that information to. We know that Fusion GPS 
you know, Glenn Simpson, who hired Christopher Seal. We know that he paid reporters and media organizations to promote his political propaganda. We need to see who those reporters are. It is time for Republicans to play hardball. I'm tired of Trump's tweets. I'm tired of Lindsey Graham's interviews. I'm tired of empty threats and broken promises. It is time for Republicans to take action, and they need to do it this week as soon as possible. Julie Kelly out there. Thank you, Julie, echoing a lot of what some people out there are feeling that uh, people are getting away with this bad behavior, this fake news, the unnamed sources without any consequences. And I think a lot of people in America are getting sick and tired of it. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show, Utah's Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS, listen, and you'll know. Taking center stage today on the Rod Arquette Show is the co-founder of Raging Bull to tell us all about weeklytradeplan.com. Jason Bond is joining us. Jason, let me ask you, when it comes to trading, can anybody learn how to do this, Jason? Great question, Rod. Here's my honest opinion. It's worth finding out. Because the upside is unlimited. You know, as a school teacher across 10 years, my salary made me around $440,000. I had to get a master's degree to get that job. So I had about six years in college and loss of income during that time just to get a job that made me over a decade forty grand. This year alone, like literally seven, eight, nine months through the year, I've made about $550,000. $100,000 more than I made as a school teacher across a decade. So my point is this. There's no way to know. But where I was as an elementary physical education teacher and coach with a quarter million dollars in debt and only a few thousand dollars in the bank account to where I am eight or nine years later is an unbelievable transformation. So it's at least worth a try. And if your listeners were to simply use something like paper trading where they have no risk other than their time, they can find out for themselves. But my knowledge of the stock market, Rod, was limited to none. I, I did not come for money. I clearly had no money, and I did not understand anything about Wall Street. But what I did know is that if I got good at it, the upside was unlimited. The potential for earnings was unlimited. And this year in 2019 really illustrates that. I'm having one of my best years ever, and in nine, ten months, I've made more than I made in ten years. That's the type of thing that can really transform wealth, and it's worth looking into. And right now, if you're looking at making a little extra money to put into the budget every week, why not check this out today? As Jason was talking about, go online right now to weeklytradeplan.com to find out more information. And all Catch you on Utah's Talk Radio 1059 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Welcome back. All right. Um, special session up on Utah's Capitol Hill last night, and they've made some more tweaks to the medical marijuana bill. A number of significant changes. Most people, I think, are happy, but there are some who are still out there grumbling a little bit about it. Well, let's find out about the changes and why they may improve medical marijuana here in the state of Utah and the distribution of it. Joining us on our Newsmaker line is State Senator Evan Vickers, who's been working tirelessly on all of this. Senator Vickers, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Let me ask you, Senator Vickers, is this process ever going to come to an end, do you think? <laughs> 
You know, President Adams said uh, this might be the ultimate gift that keeps on giving. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to have some type of cannabis legislation almost every year for quite a while, I think, but we yeah. make sure we get it implemented correctly. Did you expect that, though? Did you? I, I think I heard you yeah. last night on one of the interviews said this is just the process that's going to have to take place. Yeah, you know, and then the nature of it. Number one, it's just it's a new program. It's a gray area. Uh, it's something that we haven't done in the state before. It's all obviously challenging because of the nature of the class one medication, and and then the the bill that was put forward, HB three thousand one, that started the process, was very prescriptive in nature and uh, had a lot of detail in it. And so, as we start implementing, um, we'll find things that we need to improve as we go along, tweaks here and there that will make it better. So, yeah. I fully expect that to happen. Explain the 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 issue when it comes to the number of uh, dispensaries and private dispensaries. Some wanted more, some wanted fewer. What is the issue there? Do you think? So the original uh, bill, three thousand one, had seven private pharmacies and the central field pharmacy that would uh, have. Then we'd had a courier service to go to local health departments throughout the state where a patient would come and pick those up, pick their medication up. A lot of people are confusing that pickup point with a, another pharmacy, but that's not the case. They were simply a pickup point. So as we break down the state, you start looking at patient population. The one thing I learned through dealing with 3001 was the fact that we need to, to really trust and look at other states and see what kind of data they can give us and what kind of help they can give us. And if you start looking at patient population compared to our state and comparing that to states that do a, a similar model of what we're doing, you know, it indicate you can you can get a pretty clear understanding of how many patients you have to have in an area to uh, make a, pro- a pharmacy profitable. And quite frankly, that dictated into about 12. Now, there was a number of people that, especially in the house, that wanted a, a larger number. And so we we looked at it. We there was a little a lot of back and forth on that, a lot of debate. And we finally decided, look, we'll go with 14 pharmacies and we'll phase those in. We'll have eight that will be licensed by March and then another six that will be licensed a few months later. And then we've set up a process by where the Department of Ag and the Department of Health can uh, create some criteria, report that to, you know, the appropriate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. legislative committee. And when they see the need, they can pull the trigger and, and license another pharmacy. And there again, when they decide that's the time, then they would also have to report that back to the legislative committee and, and validate their numbers and validate their request, and then they would go ahead and do that. How difficult will this process be, uh, Senator, in getting uh, a license to be a private distributor? Will it be Will it be a difficult process, an expensive one? Yeah, it, it will. It's like all the all the cultivation and the processors and the pharmacies. Uh, the license fee will be fairly expensive just because the fees have to cover the cost of running a program. Um, it's going to, you know, quite frankly, I'm in the pharmacy business. I, I penciled out what it would take to make a, one of these pharmacies profitable. And as we, it's going to take a while to ramp up patients and things. So it's going to take a few years realistically for these pharmacies to be profitable. So as a pharmacy, could you apply to be one of these, uh, Senator Vickers? Would it come well, through you, a standard pharmacy or would it be a different pharmacy completely? Yeah, it'd have to be completely separate. Okay. You know, I, you know, a traditional pharmacy, you can't dispense a class one narcotic, and so uh, it has to be strictly a cannabis pharmacy. So, as a pharmacy owner, yeah, you could. Now, we also put in the legislation 
uh, last night that a legislator cannot be an owner of one of those facilities, uh, any of the, the cannabis facilities. We just didn't want any opportunity for uh, them to be influenced unduly by money coming in and inappropriately. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, once these pharmacies are set up and they go through the process, will they be allowed to advertise? I mean, signs up. Hey, we're here for medical marijuana. Will they be allowed to do that? No, we're we're going to do something similar to many other states. Where they can have a sign with their hours and a green cross on them. That's essentially their only notification. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. They can have a website that identifies their their hours and some limited things, but they can't advertise product in that. And that's that's very uh, common what's happened throughout the country in states that have medical marijuana laws. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are we going to be able to make the March 1 deadline? Yeah, I think we are. Uh, We will have, I was asked the question a number of times, you know, will we have all eight cultivators uh, with product available on March 1st? And the answer is no, because there's some of them are going through the land use process, the permitting process. Now, we'll have all eight licensed, and they will be growing, but we'll have four or five that will have product available to go into pharmacies on March 1st. Will there be a crop available for them to use, or are we going to have to import some while the crop is growing here in Utah? No, that's what I'm saying. We'll have four, we'll have okay. four or five All cultivators. Right. Right. Actually, you can't import it. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't do that, can you? A final, no, you final, final question. How close is are the changes that you've made? Is there a significant difference now? between the bill that we're working on or the, the process that is underway, comparing it to Proposition 2. Is there a significant difference between the two? Oh, yeah, significant. You know, number one is we chose to made a conscious effort in, in 3001 to go down a controlled medical path, whereas uh, you know Prop 2 is using dispensaries without medical professionals. There was a lot of other things, grow your own, and a lot of other types of things. Mm-hmm, the condition mm-hmm. list is different. So, yeah, there's drastically different. Now, it's comparable, I guess, in the number of pharmacies compared to number of dispensaries. I guess, you know, I guess that's probably the only thing that you could relate that says it's closer to Prop 2. All right. Well, Sender, you've been great to chat with. Thank you for your time tonight. We appreciate it. 
you. We'll see you again. All right. That is uh, State Senator Evan Vickers talking about the results of the uh, medical marijuana special session. Changes have been made. Most people are happy. Some people are saying uh, we're headed in the right direction. But as Senator Vickers just said as well, this is a process. And over the next several years, you may see different bills come before lawmakers to adjust and tweak the system. As Senator Vickers said, March 1st, that's the deadline. He says, iHeartRadio app. Radio, music, podcasts, all free. Free never sounded better. Download the iHeartRadio app today. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Final half hour, Dave Ramsey coming your way at the uh, top of the hour following our uh, news update here on the Rod Arquette Show. Um, We just talked with uh, State Senator Evan Vickers about some of the uh, changes made in the medical marijuana bill. Uh, They're going to increase the number of dispensaries, and he feels actually... um, And and he, he described the... You know, what lawmakers are trying to do in implementing this program here in the state of Utah, which voters approved back in uh, November of 2018, uh, he described it as a process. And he expects over the next several years, until they get everything ironed out, they're going to have to make some tweaks to the program. But he remains confident that here in the state of Utah, we can have a medical marijuana program up and running by March 1st. And that's the intent. Now, one issue that has been discussed not only here in Utah, but around the country, is how do you deal with drivers who are under the influence of marijuana? You know, with alcohol, you have certain tests, like a breathalyzer test, and you can understand what the level of alcohol is in the bloodstream, and then, um, you know, give an individual driver a ticket or put them in jail or whatever the case. But how do you deal with it when it comes to marijuana? Because... Uh, THC, from what I understand, can stay in the system for several days. And what impact does it have on drivers? Well, um, my next guest, Representative Steve Waltrip, is taking a look at this and trying to come up with a law against pot-using drivers and what we can and cannot do. And he's on our Newsmaker line right now. Representative Waltrip, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fine, Rod. Thanks for having me. How big of a challenge is this going to be in developing a law that will punish those pot-using drivers? Will it be a challenge? Oh, yeah, for sure it'll be a challenge. This is a hot-button issue. Uh, As you just uh, talked with Senator Vickers, we've been dealing with the medical side of it. Uh, Obviously, we've been dealing with recreational use, uh, you know, for a number Mm -hmm, of years. Our mm -hmm. law enforcement and uh, prosecutors are frustrated with with some of the tools that, uh, that they have to deal with people who have caused uh, serious bodily injury or fatal accidents while under the influence. What do you hope to do or what do you think you can do at this point? Well, I think um, there are a few cases uh, here in Utah, one in Utah County, one in Weber County, uh, where prosecutors felt like the laws surrounding DUI while uh, under the influence of THC uh, were not sufficiently parallel to what we do with alcohol. Now, there are some challenges with that, as I think I heard you just note. Um, Testing, uh, the only reliable test for active THC is a blood test. A urine test will turn up the fact that you have smoked marijuana, but it won't talk. It 
it stays in the system for a long time. So the only reliable test to figure out if they've been impaired and under the influence of the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana and mm-hmm. not uh, medicinal purposes or other things is uh, a blood test. Let me ask, what are they doing in other states, uh, do you know, at this point? I know Colorado has wrestled with this because they, bo- they have recreational use as well. Has it been a challenge for law enforcement in Colorado, do you think? Yeah, it has. Um, their, their level right now is six nanograms per whole unit of blood in Colorado. Nevada, on the other hand, has a limit of two nanograms per whole unit of blood. Um, the interesting thing about Nevada is not only are they uh, convicting people for having THC, they actually will convict you of, of a DUI with just the metabolite in your system, which is the thing that remains long after um, any marijuana use. So you could potentially in Nevada have somebody who's legally using it for medicinal purposes um, get pulled over because they were swerving or whatever caused the uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. to pull them over, and they could be convicted for DUI when, in fact, they weren't actually uh, under the influence at the time. These so bl- so yeah. we have to be really careful about how we craft this law and make sure we're only dealing with the psychoactive component and not the metabolite that remains in the system. These blood tests that you're talking about, can they be done immediately, or do you have to wait a day or two? How, how will that process uh, work? Well, it typically takes some time. Uh, you know, at, at a minimum, uh, it's going to be an hour or two before you have, uh, you know, typically a warrant needs to be issued um, for that invasive of a test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you'll have to do it uh, by a licensed phlebotomist or medical professional. Um, so there is a, a time lag between um, the time when an officer would make an arrest and the uh, based on their reasonable suspicion and, and the blood draw. And then again, and then there's a waiting period for the test to even come back. Yeah. Where is law enforcement on this, Representative? Well, I think they're in favor of doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the challenge with this is with all new things is that uh, it's uncharted territory. Uh, Nevada and Colorado have two very different um, regimes for dealing with it. We're looking at both of those states and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And we're bringing all the stakeholders together and we're going to say, okay, let's figure out the Utah solution. Uh, We know there's an issue. We know we want to protect the public. We know that we want drivers to be aware that if they are using marijuana, whether legal, illegal or otherwise, they're going to have to uh, be responsible when they're operating a vehicle, just mm-hmm. as they would with any other substance. Does the effect of alcohol on a driver, are they the same that marijuana would have on a driver, or are they different? I mean, it comes down to the fact that they're impaired, but are the effects on the driver different? They are different. Uh, some of the studies I've read indicate that a, that a driver... Uh, who's under the influence of alcohol speeds up. A driver under the influence of marijuana slows down. But the reality of marijuana is that there's there's a lot of empirical testing that shows that reaction times, cognitive uh, thought, um, physiological response, all those things are slowed mm-hmm. with marijuana. So you still have an increased risk and you have actual impairment, even though it doesn't track the same as alcohol, which is what makes it a little challenging to craft a law. It's going to be interesting to see how this develops. Have you got the bill? Is the bill still in the uh, writing stage right now, or are you pretty close to uh, coming up with something that you can give lawmakers in January? 
No, we'll have something uh, here in the next month or so. Uh, I want to make sure that we get, before anything's released, that we get uh, as many people to get eyes on this as mm-hmm. possible. Because, mm-hmm. again, this is a this is a new area of law, and we're, we're changing from uh, what we have now is essentially a zero-tolerance policy, but, but a very loose zero-tolerance yeah. policy that isn't tracking with what's going on in the real world. So we need to create some sort of a statutory impairment um, structure that, again, mirrors what we do with alcohol but is fair and, and also recognizes the fact you're going to have people that are legally using it and the marijuana, can, the THC can metabolize out over a, a longer period of time than the impairment may last. So you need to have some wiggle room in there to allow uh, for people who are, who are doing what they ought to be doing and, uh, and aren't actively impaired. It'll be interesting to watch. Representative Waltrip, thank you very much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rod. All right. On our newsmaker line, that is State Representative Steve Waltrip. He is from uh, a Republican in Weber County talking about a uh, developing a bill, and he hopes to have it ready for the legislative session in, uh, in 2020 that would uh, create tougher Utah laws against pot-using Drivers. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. On center stage today, we've been talking about WeeklyTradePlan.com with the co-founder of Raging Bull, Jason Bond, is with us again. Jason, let's talk about Weekly Trade Plan, how it works, and how people can benefit from it, Jason. How does it all work? Yeah, so great question, Rod. WeeklyTradePlan.com focuses on an option strategy. So I'm looking at the best companies in the world, Apple, Google, Amazon, et cetera, even beyond meat, Tesla. And I'm basically selling put when I think the company will go up. Now, that can sound really complicated, but if I think Tesla's going up tomorrow, today I would sell put. I use a vertical spread on that, and that's literally all I'm doing. I'm basically making bets on the best companies in the world using a high-probability strategy that's making me a boatload of money. And for anybody who's confused, just know this from the onset. I'm a great teacher. Selling options by default is a strategy that gives the trader at the beginning an opportunity to win 60 70% of the time by default because a person buying options only wins about 30% of the time. So we have probability on our side. And then when you add experience, which anyone would get by practicing, that probability can climb to 70 80% of the time. These aren't statistics that I made up based on my strategy. This is a strategy that existed on Wall Street for a very long time. I'm using it. I'm making money from it. And I'm teaching other people how to trade this way, too. So anybody who joins, what they would get is education. I will not only show how to do this. I will show exactly why it works and why that probability is set up that way. It's like being the casino or being the insurance company. The insurance company consistently sells policies for premium, and that's all I'm doing as an option seller. I'm selling options and collecting premium, and I win a lot, just like insurance companies and casinos do. So people would get the education, Rod. They would see me do it, and I think the combination of the curriculum, the education, which are uh, a series of video lessons, and then watching me stream my real money portfolio day after day after day and win and lose, but over the long haul, win a bunch of money, will give them the confidence that they might be able to do it too. And that's really all I'm going for as a teacher of trading. 
And if you're looking for a way to make extra income and have fun at the same time, why not check it out today at We Technoglass Windshield. So no matter who brings it back with a chip, it's fixed fast and free. Technoglass. Autoglass made easy. little uh, moody blues bumper music for your listening pleasure as we wrap up the show tonight here on the Rod Arquette A couple of things I want to pass along to you before we uh, kick things over to news at the top of the hour. And then, of course, uh, Dave Ramsey coming your way from 7 to 10 tonight. Um, while the president has continued to uh, struggle in many national polls and realize polls right now really don't matter. I mean, we are, what? 14, 15 months away from the uh, from the presidential election. But according to the daily tracking poll produced by Rasmussen, and this is one of the uh, most reliable U.S. pollsters we've got out there today, after taking a dip in the polls, president is back up to nearly his highest mark in just the last two years. Um, as a matter of fact, he is tracking better right now than Barack Obama did at the same point in his presidency. Obama would go on to easily win re-election uh, against uh, Republican Mitt Romney, of course, back in uh, 2012. Well, early head-to-head polls indicate that Trump is going to have a steeper hill to climb, but his popularity is back, according to this latest poll from Rasmussen. A couple of uh, quick sports stories. Um, um, there's quite a story coming out of the University of Virginia. not sure if you're aware of this. Um, Virginia's Tony Bennett. A great coach, by the way. The Cavaliers men's basketball coach knowingly violated, apparently, uh, the unwritten rules that are out there, the unspoken agreement that members will always prime the pump for members coming from behind them. Well, um, Mike Krzyzewski, of course, getting all the money. But uh, apparently, um, the University of Virginia decided to give uh, Tony Bennett a big raise. Guess what he did with it? He gave the money to his assistants. He said, nope, I'm making enough money. I'm going to turn the money down and uh, instead give a well-deserved raise and invest in the players at UVA Athletics. So he turned down this big raise and instead gave the money to his assistants and the program. And I didn't see this on Saturday, but I'm told it was quite a moment. The University of Virginia school colors are black and red. If you, yeah, they've got a big game against Notre Dame this weekend. But on Saturday, when Georgia hosted Arkansas State, the stadium was awash in pink. Fans followed instructions and wore pink for Wednesday, which meant the world to the coach of the visiting team, Blake Anderson. His wife died of breast cancer earlier this year, and uh, fans really turned out. All of a sudden, they turned backwards, and uh, their backs to the stadium wearing pink T-shirts, and basically the T-shirt said, this is all for Wendy. What a great, you know, that's the beauty of college athletics. I, I've always loved it, and that was a nice gesture on the part of the uh, Georgia fans. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.